0: Hello and welcome to the Trading College podcast, where we look to bring you some of the most thought-provoking ideas about trading and what you could do to improve your trading. Hi guys, it's Raj here from Trading College. Um, I've got another episode of the podcast now, and I'm, I'm glad to be joined by one of the students that I coach, and he's been trading for a little while now. And his name's Stuart Page. So, hello, Stuart Page. How are you doing? How you doing, Raj? All good. All good. So the reason why I chose you for this podcast is because out of a lot of the people that I mentor, I have a lot of successful students and some new students, things like that. But, you know, you've done, I feel like you've done really well and you've got it uh, amongst other students. It's just, you know, I think you have a good kind of personality and a good uh, aptitude for trading. So that's why I wanted to get you on board and kind of show, uh, show people what, what it kind of takes really. But how, how have you been getting on with your trading? How have you been feeling at the moment?
1: I'm in quite a good place at the moment with my trading, uh, growing confident more and more every day, just keeping it nice and simple, really.
0: Okay. And you have a, a very interesting trading backstory. But just before we get into that, if you don't mind letting everybody know how long you've been trading before, but then also how long you've been on uh, mentorship and with trading college as well.
1: I've been trading on off since about 2008 during the, uh, the recession banking crash, uh, traded up to about 2012. Uh, then left left it alone and then come back with Trading College 2020 after the COVID crash and join the PTP. Uh, so
0: so why do you like the market crashes so much?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just made a lot of money in the 2008 uh, crash, getting sort of on the, the long after the, the crash. And when I saw the COVID crash, I thought, "Oh, this has got to be a, a, another sign of me trying to get back into the markets again.
0: Wow, good job. And it obviously, it obviously worked because the markets have rallied ever since the COVID crash. Yeah. So that was a little was
1: bit a... difficult this time around, though, because I'm a lot older and a lot more wiser than, than back in 2008.
0: Is that a good or a bad thing?
1: I think it's a good thing because okay. I just had no risk management in 2008.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay. So now, um, obviously, because I know you've got a good story about how you traded in 2008, do you mind running through that and letting everybody know what happened? Yeah, it can do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let us know. How did that work out in 2008
1: then? Yeah. So I, I, I decided, uh, me and my friend decided to to trade. I know, I know a couple of traders that work for JP Morgan and uh, some retail traders. And I just thought I'd give it a go. I've always had a massive interest in the markets and sort of followed it, just financial times and that sort of thing. So I opened up a SpreadX account, stuck a thousand quid in it and started trading the footsie and the, the Wall Street.
0: God, so uh, so baptism of fire, really. So then, what what happened from there? Yeah, it's.
1: Uh, I like I said before, I, there's no risk management, so I started off with thousand pounds, and I just went ten pound a point on the foot. So a hundred point stop loss. Back oh, then, God. there was no such things. Well, there was a there was a margin requirement, but it was like pennies peanuts.
0: Yeah, you know, the brokers I'd, were a bit crazier back then. Yeah, they?
1: and I'd opened a a. a, a a Spreadex account, and they uh, they gave me a credited account, so I, I, I wasn't even trading with my own money at one point.
0: It's crazy. Um, and it just
1: and it, yeah, it was crazy, and it just it was just a massive bull market. So no matter what, I you know, as long as I could ride the retracements, it it was only going in one direction, and I just made a, a hell of a lot of money
0: good okay so you don't have to go into specifics if you don't want to about what happened and what didn't happen but what did you learn from that experience and what did happen
1: in the first year i earned six figures mm. and i thought i'd cracked it yep uh, it all came crashing down in 2012 when i realized i hadn't cracked it uh but yeah, it was just a fantastic
0: time. Good. So you see that point there where you thought that, you know, you did well from a really good trade and you thought you cracked it. What, what was it about that period that made you feel like in 2012 that was harder than you first thought? Because I've had some traders come up to me and say, OK, well, yeah, you like trading equities and how can you go wrong in a bull market? It always just keeps going up. So what is it that happened in 2012 that made you feel like you didn't crack it, you know, after making the money?
1: I think the, the bull market that I was used to ended, and it started going back to sort of a normality situation where the the, the games were as as great as the you know the retracement losses. Yeah, uh, and I, I was running a huge, huge loss on on the Dow Jones. I think it's about nine and a half grand, mm-hmm. and uh, I was getting margin calls, and uh, I just had to close the position in the end, and that's when I realised that my money was better spent elsewhere because I, I i didn't have a strategy I, I was just i was just going long because i felt it, i needed to go long at that point so i just opened a position
0: yeah it's and like no strategy
1: is, whatsoever
0: yeah and this is really prevalent now because obviously you think about a lot of the retail traders that have come in on gamestop and amc and all of that kind of stuff you know robin hood traders it's, it's be pretty similar to the thought process i would think
1: yeah yeah, I didn't know what trend lines were. I didn't know what moving averages were. I, d- I didn't even know what the candle colours signified or, or the candle types.
0: Okay, cool. So let's think about from like basically the differences from then and now, because you've gone through the PTP programme, you've done some mentorship, you know, what, what would you say has been the biggest difference?
1: Strategy and risk management.
0: Okay. So the risk management is, you know, one of the pillars of trading. So you're definitely right about that. And then in terms of, uh, of strategy, obviously we've got quite a few, is it just one that you like using or do you mix around with a couple? What's the plan there?
1: Yeah. When I, when I first joined PTP, I, I again was in lockdown and I was just sitting in front of my laptop and I was just trying everything and anything, any strategy, mm. uh, and, and seeing, seeing what was best. And cause I'd been trading so long, in my infinite wisdom, I just felt I didn't need to demo any of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now I've just settled on one single strategy and I just stick with that
0: now. Cool. And then, um, so obviously the people who are listening to this podcast won't know whether you were a day trader and you moved to swing trading or, you know, whatever you do. So so give us a bit of background about that.
1: Yeah, so I was, I was day trading, just sitting in front of the laptop all day long during lockdown, just taking... Five ten pips out of a lower time frame, and bits and pieces like that, and then when I eventually went back to work full time, I realised that day trading wasn't wasn't the the option for me, and I had to switch over to a swing trade tra- tra- strategy using the higher time frames, and that's where I've learned, you know, my skill to to trade in that manner.
0: Okay. And one thing obviously is is working with you is I I do like your your patience. So what what is it like where some people hold positions and they really struggle? Like let's say, for example, the average retail trader takes a position, they put a hundred pound risk on, they're up 500 quid and the market starts retracing. You know, that's where I feel a lot of people start to get really worried, but you managed to hold your positions quite well. So can you give anybody any advice about that?
1: It's just, just, basically what you've you've taught me really about. You've got to be comfortable with your risk. You've got to be comfortable with your strategy. And when you enter a trade, that's either going to make your two to one, three to one risk reward, whatever you're going to go for, or you're going to get stopped out. Yeah. So you, you need to get over that. Get, oh, I'm, I may get stopped out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And
1: and just just let it go. Yeah. And, what, and that, that's, that's the hardest thing. I think once you've, once you've cracked that.
0: I oh, okay. So that was going to be that. one of my next questions. What do you think the hardest thing about trading is? So you, yeah. you think it is that then the, the, Yeah. Oh, okay. So.
1: It's centering it's a, a position and then walking away and not looking at your profit and loss each day or each hour and yeah. just letting, cause you've got no control of the markets. You, yeah. you just, you can sit in front of a screen all day, looking, staring at it, but, uh, yeah, just, just set your position, know your risk and just leave it alone.
0: Nice. Nice. That's a, a good philosophy. It's a bit of like a, you know, a set and forget. I don't like to use these phrases, but a bit of a, a set and forget mentality. But what, do you know, because you moved from day trading to swing trading, you know, what one did you prefer? I know you like swing trading now, but you know, did you find that transition difficult or what was, what was going on there at that time?
1: I, I found it really difficult. I found, I found it that, from day trading to swing trading, I actually thought it like during uh, the, the beginning part of my mentorship that I, I just simply wasn't cut out for swing trading. It was just so so difficult. Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know because because I suppose I was used to the low, looking at the lower time frames, going off like the, the hour and the, the five minutes, and yeah. looking at like. A lot quick a lot quicker happens on the five minute and you're sitting in front of your computer watching it and then go into a going up to the daily again it's risk management isn't it? You can go a, a bigger position on a lower time frame yeah but then you go to a daily and you've got a massive swing yeah. position so you've got to again control your risk management of it but now as you sort of it takes time to learn but now now I've learned it I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy.
0: Yeah, I'm now, I'm not going to reveal too much of the numbers in my next question. But I found this fascinating when we had a session once. So we ran over your monthly performance ratings for like the last four months or something like that. And you were doing well into double digit performance for the last four months, like, you know, well into it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you still felt like, It wasn't good enough. And I found that really, really surprising when we were having a chat because I was saying to you, you know, you've got to be happy with where you are at the moment. Like if 76% of traders lose or whatever that statistic is, and you're in the, you know, the 24% of winners and you're getting double digit returns every single month on your percentages, you know, and and you just weren't enthused. So tell me a bit about what your thought process was then. And, you know, you know, is it that you're a perfectionist? Are you always striving for more? Tell me a bit about that.
1: I'm a high C, so I'm always striving for perfection. Yeah. Uh, But again, this is this is something that's come from me not trading Forex anymore and and just going to trade in stock because I work full time uh, full time, I was getting my strategy right, I was getting my direction right, I was managing my risk right, and I I was I was up, you know, four figures on a position in Forex. Then I go to work and then I come home and i have been stopped out because of the massive swings. Yeah. So that's where my sort of, I, I could be doing a lot better mentality come for it, as opposed to accepting my two to one risk reward, I, I was up like four five to one. So why couldn't have had the four or five to one?
0: Yeah. So let's put that into perspective, right? So when you first start mentorship, or, you know, you're a newbie off the street, and you know, you're learning how to trade, like, you know, I think it's easy, it's easy to forget, like, where you want to get to, you know what I mean? So, Mm. you know, in terms of when you did start mentorship to kind of where you're at now, how long do you think, did you think it would take for you to get to where you are now? And then also, like, you know, what, how would you, compare your performance to maybe what your expectations were or where you want to be as well?
1: I wanted to be after mentorship to be a full-time trader. Yeah. Yeah. I, since joining the mentorship program and, and realizing that trading is not, you're not just going to pick this up in five minutes. Yeah. uh, I'm happy where I am now, but it's taken me six months to get to where I am, but I've still got a long way to go.
0: Yeah, so we've obviously got six six months left. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, um, so just a, a bit of background. So, I've got a couple of traders. Of you know, I've I've had a, a few traders actually that have gone full time, and uh, and yeah, I would probably say it has happened within the twelve months. But, uh, but the transition beyond that point is, uh, is key because how is your, every individual is different, right? So how's your life set up? Do you have, you know, a certain amount of money to cover your expenses while you turn to going, you know, full time and all that kind of stuff? So I never want to leave anybody of having a shock of just, you know, always having a wage and then all of a sudden that's it. All of their money and all of their wealth relies on their trading. So, I mean, have you come to that realization? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's that's why I've, I've, I've set it back slightly because I, I think I've had uh, spoke to you about this and one of the others. Yeah, uh, one the, with the, one of the traders that's gone full time, which is part of the the, the trading college now, is it's having that that jump from going with a full time job to making that jump as trading, and then you're sitting there worrying. About
0: <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've gone fully full time, no other kind of income or whatever twice in my life. And uh, one, I was really bored. So that was one thing like I'm a very sociable um, character. So you said you're a high C, which is an analytical person. For those people who are who are not been through the personality test, high C's are very analytical people. High I's, which is like myself, are very sociable people. So I think you know when you go full time, and you know when people realise they go full time, and this is a big realisation, it is super super boring. You have nobody around you, no one to talk to, you know. And if you're a swing trader, you're in trades for like three months, and you you know you're not you're not doing anything for the rest of the day. It feels very strange. So you know you wait for that when. It comes to you yeah so you said that you obviously work and you know you've yep. got your trading while you're working and stuff you know what what are your working hours like and if you don't mind i don't you know if you want to tell people what you do i don't mind but what what how does that fit in with your trading life
1: uh i'm a director of a, a carpentry and joinery company uh i'm at work between 7 a.m and i don't get home to five five in the afternoon uh, mm-hmm. so i I don't trade uk stocks and i because they're never open when i when i'm at, w- at the workplace so I, I tend to only trade the us markets and again that's, that's that's something i've had to rewrite into my trading plan
0: yeah okay so that's that's good because obviously um the the us equity markets probably move around more than the uk ones i mean you could obviously pick good uk stocks but you know the us ones is kind of where it's at when it comes to equity trading so that's that's Mm. a good thing and um you know do you find that you have enough time to look at the charts and you know or you're obviously doing well so how do you feel about you know that kind of dedication to your job versus dedication to trading and all that kind of stuff
1: i'm always looking at the charts after work yeah all the time every 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 spare bit of time i've got i'm always in front of my computer looking at the charts analyzing the markets Good. just so just just extra just extra learning it is because again because i'm a high c I, I, I love all that analytical you know drawing trend lines getting taking my notebook out and writing trading plans up for the forthcoming week of what mark is doing what and when who how yeah it's something i really enjoy
0: good so yeah so it's uh it's good that it doesn't kind of get in the way then because obviously if it did disrupt your work then then that would be different and obviously being a director of the of the company that, that you're at you know that obviously kind of leaves you with a lot of responsibility so uh, so matching those two together do you find that a struggle
1: uh, no not really no good again when I'm at work I'm working uh, yeah. if I've got positions open uh, in the marketplace then obviously I you know I, I don't look at them at all I just let them do their thing and then and then review them on the on the evening perhaps i'll look at my profit and loss and or look at other markets
0: yeah, so obviously, you know, Mayon, who's one of the other coaches, she was something similar. So she worked in the NHS and she went, you know, she's trading and doing very well as well. And I think she had the same, uh, same kind of ethos is that we're like, yes, when you're at work, you're at work. And when you're trading, you're trading. But I, I do, to some extent, think that people when they're going from the transition of trading, to going trading to full time to leaving work, etc. Having a job sometimes helps, because you don't mess around with your positions. Do, do you think that helps you? what's your thoughts around
1: that <laughs> we've we've had numerous conversations about this i i i've been in i don't know i've been in situations where i've been in profit and then come home in the evening and i've been stopped out and i was thinking well on the other hand if i'd have been sat at my computer all day i would have seen the market turning i probably would have got out of the market uh-huh. and there's other positions where i've been at work and the market's moved against me, but by the time I've got home, I'm it's reversed, and I'm miles in profit.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's it swings around the really Yeah, but
0: is. then, like, if you've if in that scenario, if you've got target profits and stop losses in place, and you've made those decisions with your analysis, exactly, why, why would you change that if you were at home?
1: That's it. Well, yeah, yeah. but it, again, it's just well, if it. If the market was some, yeah, yeah, no answer to that. But yeah, if you, if the market was, was suddenly collapsing in front of your eyes, then you yeah. probably you would have you would have got the button, you know, press the button to get out, knowing that you would have hit your stop loss anyway. Ah,
0: uh, true. Yes. Yeah. But then that's, that's
1: just that's just me. For, you know.
0: Yeah, in that scenario, yeah, I, I fully, I fully agree with you. I think if you know that you're, you're, you're going to get stopped out, you're going to go back to break even anyway, or something like that, then yeah, yeah. There, there is something that you can do. But also the ebb and flow of the market, like watching that, can tell you a lot as well. I mean, you know, I take it for granted because I've been doing it for so long. But but when it, when I see you guys really putting the dedication to understand the flow of each individual market, then that really starts to help, doesn't it? Mm. It's
1: like it's like the last couple of weeks I've been long in the footsie. Yeah, and everyone else has been short. Yeah, and I've I've been right, you know, having to ride these huge uh, retracements, but it's I've you know my stop is is in a position where I've, I'm happily managing risk, and I, I haven't been stopped out. So now the market's turned bullish again, then I'm back in profit.
0: Yeah, good. So then that that's another thing that that I wanted to discuss with you as well is that you know there's a lot of noise in the market. You know, and you've you've picked a system. You you execute your system rigidly, and you've got really good rules, and you follow your money management. How hard is it not to listen to noise?
1: I find it. I found it very hard at first, but you, I think after about yeah, you you, you 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 start filtering it after a while. Ooh. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't listen to it so much now. I just just concentrate on my strategy, and that's it.
0: Cool. So even like on the TV, when your favorite economist comes on, or when they're talking about, you know, Tesla or whatever, GameStop or whatever they're talking about, do you, do you kind of not pay any attention to it? I don't
1: pay any attention to it.
0: Yeah. Cool. So so I I for my job sometimes I have to because obviously I'm keeping up with the trending stories and stuff, but I try and separate it from my mind. Um. Mm. And yeah, it's it's difficult, but I think if you follow your system. You know, it's it's good. So what are your favorite parts about, you know, obviously trading, being on the trading college program and all of that? And, you know, what, what would you what would you say to anybody who's who's listening that, you know, has not done anything like this, not joined a trading program, but has always thought of whether it's a good idea? Because, you know, one question I get asked a lot is that obviously when you join any kind of program, whether it be the pro trader program or the mentorship program, that's money you could use to trade. Right. So, yeah. so what is the, you know, the the trade off and the benefits of both both ideas? Because you, you know, it's best you're impartial, so it's good to hear it from your perspective.
1: I could have jumped back in the market again with not learning any strategies and just blown my trading account out of the water again. So i I decided to rather invest. Part of my money, I set aside for trading and actually learn some strategies from from professional traders. Yeah, and then take them on board and adapt them to you know my situation and 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 learn from that. And, that, and that's what I'm doing. You're not going to become a trader overnight. No. You know, you, you need to you need to learn and put some effort in, serious effort.
0: So that has that been your favourite part then, learning the strategies?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Good, that's interesting. And then also, obviously, we did the personality profiling stuff at the beginning. Did did you find that interesting to work out what type of personality you had compared to some of the others?
1: I I found it hilarious because after I'd done the short the, the short questionnaire and I've got the 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 report come back to me, it was like looking at a, in a mirror. I couldn't believe <laughs> our I couldn't believe how accurate it was. Yeah, it was incredible. It was.
0: And did you tell Uh, any of your friends and family the results? Did they agree with it as well or not?
1: uh, Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they
1: all agreed with it? Yeah. Yeah. The people I showed it to did. Yeah. Yeah. So it was was accurate. I I will admit it was accurate. I was a bit sceptical at first, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so with mine, I obviously came out as an I personality, but a lot of my friends and family, like my missus and my friends, they thought I would be more of a D personality for some reason. So uh, that kind of shows you what they think of me that I'm a bit aggressive or I'm a bit, you know, crazy, but, uh, but yeah, that was uh, an interesting one. I I thought I was quite sociable, but I'm not sure now. (laughs) My friends think that, but um, so look, Now we're kind of getting to the end of it. I think it's better if you if you kind of tell people a little bit more about you personally. Like I know you're a cricket fan, and I know you. You know what else do you like to do other than the markets?
1: Yeah, watching cricket, watching rugby. Uh, I used to like going out socialising.
0: Forgotten
1: what that's all about now. And a lot, a lot, most of all.
0: Yeah, so I suppose in the coronavirus times, a lot of your pastimes have just kind of uh, been dead in the water, haven't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did before full lockdown. I did get myself a uh, the international group uh, e race license, and I've oh, yeah? got a I've got a UK spec time attack car which I was planning to enter to start racing it in the UK circuits, but that's that seems to have gone out the window. For the
0: time no of way. The so you were gonna like like basically build up a kit car kind of thing, or like what?
1: What? I've, I've been i've had a, a, a track car for a while and then i've just been slowly converting it into this uh just serious uh time attack vehicle now
0: wow awesome and like is obviously it's a bit it's a bit of an expensive hobby right
1: it is yeah i'm a, i'm a, i'm at the end of it now i've replaced everything that i need to replace i broke everything that i need to 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 have broken to replace so yeah it's uh it's it's quite a strong car now just need to get it out on the track
0: wow awesome good luck with that hopefully that all works out works out well i mean it's uh it's it shows a little bit more about your risk appetite doesn't it that you do things Mm. like that yeah so that's quite interesting and then like you know just any any final thoughts so like you know for anybody listening is anything that you want to say about you know trading college and your trading or your journey that you don't think that you've said so far
1: it, all I will say is you, you're not gonna, if you're going to join one of these uh, courses or classes, you need to get it out of your head, you're not going to be a trader overnight you need to put some serious effort into it and, and you will start seeing the wood from the trees after about six months So, what I'd like to say, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that is a very common misconception that yeah. pe- people look at the markets and they just think money, don't they? Like,
1: yeah, you, you're not going to hit the ground running you you need to really put some serious effort into it
0: all right well thanks a lot Stuart it's been very interesting I'm glad that you've come on to to do this and I think it'll be a great listen for your fellow students and also to everybody else the general public so thanks for that and uh, we'll speak again soon cheers yeah
1: cheers Rob see you later thanks
0: Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you'd like any more information, please visit tradingcollege.co.uk. We have lots going on there. We have loads of free events and lots of places for you to look for any information you could possibly need about your trading journey.